Coming up, it's not Christmas. It's NBA trade deadline day. And we're doing part one of a multi-part podcast next. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right at first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. I put up a new rewatchables on Monday. We did our live show from Chicago, The Fugitive. You can find that on Spotify, wherever you get your audio. You can find it on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bill Simmons. And we also launched Ringer NBA and Ringer NFL channels recently. The Ringer NFL channel, we're putting up a lot of good stuff up there from Vegas, uh, some video stuff, stuff Ben Solak did, stuff from podcasts. Um, subscribe to our channels. We don't put bad stuff on the channels. We try to put only higher end stuff. We try not to waste your time. And that's the same premise behind my channel where we run clips from this podcast. We run entire podcasts. We run... Uh, rewatchables podcast. We might even mess around with some live stuff. Uh, so, you know, subscribe, stay tuned. Just keep an eye out for the stuff we're up to. We're up to a lot. 2024 is going to be a big year for the ringer. Very excited about it. Very excited about today. Ryan Rosillo, we're both on call like doctors. We've been ready to roll, waiting for trades, waiting for trades. And then finally, around 7.30 a.m. Pacific time, Stuff started happening. We're going to break down everything that has happened in the past like 18 and 24 hours in part one of this podcast. First, our friends from ProJip. All right, it's 9.05 Pacific time on trade deadline day. The trade deadline coming in a couple of hours. It looked like it was going to be the worst trade deadline we've had in a while. And then a flurry of trades. Ryan Rosillo is in Vegas. I am in Los Angeles. We're going to do at least two parts today. This is part one. If there's a mega trade between part one and part three, which will be winners and losers, we'll do a part two. Uh, big winner so far, Rosillo. The Knicks. So they get OG and Anobi and Precious, and Boyan Bogdanovich, and Alec Burks, and they don't have to touch their picks. 
and they don't have to give up anyone basically in their top three. If you think Robinson's the third most important guy they had, uh, th- just getting this for Bogdanovich, they traded Grimes and Fournier and Flynn and two second round picks for Bogdanovich and Burks. What an awesome trade. And they still have all their first left. What was your reaction? Well, it's a no-brainer because you're just adding extra guys. Like, I've always liked Donovich. He's 40% from three. He was really good last year. Um, he's just an incredible shooter, and he's got a lot of size. But In some playoff it's experience. Yeah, right. Like, that Pacer series, he was the number one option against the Celtics years ago. And you were yeah. like, okay, you guys, you guys probably aren't going to win this series if Bogdanovich is your number one option. But he's just a better offensive player than any piece that they've moved out here. Uh, here's my question for you, though. Do you think he closes in a Tibbs lineup in a playoff game? So I was trying to figure that out. I went to the game Saturday night when they had a bunch of injuries and it was so clear that it's like Brunson needed help and maybe another, a second creator. So I, Bogdanovich is perfect for that. So if we went Brunson, Randall, OG, which just mark those three in with a big guy, then it's Bogdanovich or, or, or Dante as the fifth, right? Depending on what the matchup is, which is pretty nice flexibility. I mean, the big thing for me is when Brunson's off the court now, they have somebody they can run the offense through. And that was the one thing they were missing with the quickly trade, which turned out to be a great trade. But they can, they can run two six-minute stretches in each half through Bogdanovich and, and be pretty good. I'm really high on him. I, did you watch the Celtics-Pistons game this year when the Pistons almost ended their home streak? And they were running yeah. everything through him and Cade in the fourth quarter. The Celtics have always had problems with him. Like he's, I don't know what it is, but he always likes going against them. So um, if the big picture, you're, the Celtics are the team you need to beat, he's going to help. Thought I liked it. I thought it was a really good trade. And they also kept all their firsts for if Mitchell decides this summer, like, hey, thanks, Cleveland. Uh, it's time for me to go. And then they'll have he's been- there. But he's been on fire too. I mean, in in January, I think he was what forty six percent from three the whole time. So you know, when you look at the full Bogdanovich package, it's not a ton of rebounds, it's not a ton of like assists necessarily, but the shooting has just held up his entire career. And he's also older than people realize too. Like I think he's what thirty five in April because he didn't come over right away when he was drafted. So he yeah. got in the league later. But then you look at you know, granted he missed time this year, but. <laughs> With with Detroit, clearly he was going to get more options than he was going to get with New York. But I do wonder defensively, even with his shooting, and I think you're totally on point with the Brunson of like, hey, can somebody else be some kind of like offensive release valve for me if yeah. things get bogged down or depending on the staggered rotations and, and how they, they want to run the offense. But knowing Tibbs, when I think about like DiVincenzo and Hart defensively as options in a playoff game, if I like I just had this image in my head of Bogdanovich watching it. <laughs> right. Well, I will say for him, we've seen like remember he had that one stretch when he was actually like half decent going against LeBron defensively. It wasn't like it is the disaster it would have seemed on paper. Like he at least tries. I think Tibbs, you know, Fournier Tibbs is just like, I'm out. Like the game I went to out. last weekend. Right. It's it's and not they had all those that. injuries right. and Tibbs is like, I'm still not playing Fournier. Fuck off. I can't handle <laughs> They want guys who are at least going to try on defense. So, um, I, you know, he's got size. There's certain people you can throw him on. He's not going to be able to stop the like Luca, but not you know, not well, many guys he's, are. 
he's been a net negative almost his entire career defensively. So, you know, yeah. depending on if you think of it as a size matchup and look between OG. But he's not a, he's not a sieve, though, I guess is my point. He can at least like he's got size. He knows where to go and he's not, you know, teams will hunt him. But it's not like, oh, my God, we have to get this guy off the court. I don't think he's that bad. No, I don't. I'm just thinking the only reason I'm even asking this is because of tips. Like, yeah. That's the only reason the the trade is a slam dunk. They yeah. now, when you think about offensive options in the second unit stuff, if they want to go that way with him and the way DiVincenzo's played out of his mind, and it feels like Hart just kind of impacts games yeah. uh, just a bunch of different ways. And you probably felt like Hart and Grimes were a little redundant anyway. So it's it's a no-brainer considering what they gave up. And I think the best part about Bogdanovich, which you know, I think at some point we should talk about like the Philly part of this, because Philly was rumored to be in play for him, but I think the Embiid injury changes probably a lot of like Maury's options. And then you got to figure out like, okay, what could the projected cap space be for Philadelphia and all this stuff? The fact that Bogdanovich is 19 million next year, and I know it's not even fully guaranteed. And locked in next million. year, yeah. Right. But you'd have to think that Bogdanovich at 19 million versus what you'd be spending for that kind of player, even at an advanced age. It could be more than $19 million and you'd be extending it for probably three years. So there's a lot of cost certainty there where I'd be shocked if he's not. Like, I don't think they're just going to do the $2 million and then make him a free agent. I would think that this is, but they have that option if they want to. But I still think that's a really good number for what he provides. Well, remember, we would talk about this when we did the Sunday pods, how the Celtics were in that stretch of a couple of years where they never had the right contract for trades. It was always like they had giant contracts and small contracts and nothing in the middle. So the Knicks had this Fournier contract that they had to move before the deadline because it's a trade chip. You got to turn it into a player. You're going to lose it at the end of the year. They turned it into Bogdanovich, but it's also a trade chip next year for them, right? Worst case scenario, it's an expiring a year from now um, and somebody that can help them and some, you know, in down the stretch in the playoff games. And then they get Burks out of it. I'm not a huge Burks fan. I just, I, I, I've never been like, oh man, I wish we had Alec Burks. Really? I kind of like I've never him. been a, I've never been a huge fan, but he is shooting 40% from three this year. Now he's playing on the shit Pistons team and whatever. None of the games have been anything, but you know, if you're replacing Grimes, Dante's getting most of those minutes and Hart, like Grimes was completely expendable for them. And they, they're at least have somebody they can put in the corner who can make some threes and I don't know. So you like it more than I do, I guess. I just always have felt like Alex Burks has had these these moments where you're like, this guy can score. Yeah. He he just, I, I think he's had a lot of stretches. And granted, he's been on, what, six teams now? That well, he's been, no, he's been, he's been. Utah, um, Cleveland, Sacramento, Golden State, Philly, New York. Seven. New York again. And by Detroit, the way, he was, so on, he was already on the Knicks in 21 and 22. That's what I liked him too. I, look, yeah. I'm not telling you, Alec Burks, you're going to be running plays for him at any point in the playoffs. I'm not saying any of those things, but you know, there's just certain guys that just seem to always get some buckets, and he'll yeah. have he throughout his entire career. When I've watched, I'll be like, you know what, that guy's got like a nice mid range turnaround. So if he's in this deal, I can only imagine Monty Williams going, "You guys are killing me." <laughs> right. are my, you know, how am I supposed to? How am I supposed to get the 15 wins? Well, they traded um, like five threes a game and they traded like almost 33 points of, of offense. The, Good. The, Good. The That's what they should have been doing this year. Yeah. And they're bad. And now that now they're almost guaranteed to be a bottom four team. Burke says your ninth or 10th guy is fine. 
That's what I, I mean. still feel right. like they need one more big dude. And I'll be interested to see. I, I kept hearing Nick Richards with them, who I really like, and I think could be an interesting uh, deadline piece. We'll see if he goes today, but I still want them to get a little more size. Big picture, though, and I can't wait to make fun of Detroit, but we'll hold that thought. Big picture, like, you know, I've been worried about this Knicks team from a Celtics fan standpoint. And now you look at their top, their top nine or their top 10 is basically Brunson, Rando, OG, Hart, DDV, Bogdanovich, Hartenstein, and Robinson when Robinson comes back as the center combo and Precious. And then Burks as the 10th. And that's a team that could hang with the Celtics in the playoff series. Like it is. And they're going to be tough and they're going to be hard to go through. They're going to be really good at home. They have a closer. They have OG to throw at Tatum. Um, they have some size stuff that I think would be a little bit of an issue if Porzingis is healthy for that series. But for the most part, they got a two seed and they didn't have to see the Celtics till the Eastern Finals. I think it's a legit threat. I really do. I'm not, I'm, I like, I, this things that worry me about the Celtics team are the coaching stuff, the depth, uh, the Porzingis injury potential, and then the stuff that happens in the last five minutes of the game and the decision making. And this is the type of team that I would be afraid of for them. Am I, am I too panicky? Maybe a little. I mean, don't, don't you think it'd still be surprising if this Knicks team were in the NBA Finals? Yeah. But I, I, I don't love anyone in the East. I mean, the Celtics have like a five-game lead in the East, and Cleveland is now the basically the closest team to them. And I, I, Yeah, I they're just, the two seed. Nobody I talks about them. I mean, they, they found a way to stay above water here and not just above water, win every single game while all those guys were out, and now all the guys are back. And, you know, I... I'm still stung from that Knicks series with them last year where I'm like, they're just going to have too much firepower for them. And it's like, nope, actually their offense is going to look terrible. Right. It's going to look like Mobley and Allen actually in a playoff series. It's just too many non-scorers out there, depending on who the fifth guy is after Garland and, and Mitchell. And yet Cleveland, like all this love that we're giving New York, Cleveland didn't even have two of their most important four players and still did this. And I you know, I, I hate the kind of like, oh, you need to do this more. You need to talk about them more. But they're the two seed. But I think we're all really just stung. It's all like TBD with them because of that Knicks series. Well, both of us felt like, what is this team? What's their identity? Mitchell Garland, let's figure that out. Moby Allen, can they play together? And then those two guys went out and they kind of settled into some identity that I, I just feel like they hadn't found before. Now it's clearly Mitchell's team. So the other guys come back. They have to fit into that. And Allen got unleashed. And now it's like, all right, Mobley, anything you give us is a bonus. But really, he's been great since he's been back. Yeah, he's been good. So the little pressure's off on him. But yeah, that team's interesting. If I had, if you had to rank the Celtics competitors, would you still have the Bucks first? Yeah. And who would you have second with the, with the Embiid in question here? The Knicks. And yeah, Cavs I think the Knicks fourth, Philly fifth. I can't get over that Knicks-Cavs series. You know, if they didn't play each other last year and <laughs> right. the Knicks got eliminated by somebody else, then yeah. I'd be sitting here going, hey, we've seen Mitchell have insane playoff runs. You know, But Brunson shatters through any limitation you ever put on him. But when it comes to regular season playoff stuff, like even when we get out to the Western part of this thing, I just have a hard time buying into something that I've never really seen be successful in the playoffs before. And even with Milwaukee having 
you know, the doc record since he's been hired, like come in, it's going to take a little time, but they have for a team with that kind of record. I can't remember ever watching a team that has that great of a record that has a moment once every 10 days. Where you're like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? And right. yet, because I've seen what Giannis is capable of doing that, I, I still have a hard time sitting here being like, yeah, I think I'll pick the Knicks in seven against the Bucks. Would you? Would you pick him like right now? Are you picking the Knicks against? I don't the like Bucks Milwaukee at all. Like at all. I, I to so me, you pick the Knicks. I would pick the Knicks against against the Bucks. Yeah, at this point, until the Bucks can show us they can play well for like three weeks in a row. I mean, to me, their record. I've I've personally watched them steal six, seven games where you're like, how the fuck did they just win that game? <laughs> they played like crap, but they don't even seem happy after. But they look like one of those NFL teams, you know, like the Vikings two years ago when the Vikings were like 13 and four and we're all like, eh, no way. This is not a 13 yeah, but and the four Vi- team. The Vikings had never done it before. Like you're talking about how did they pull out some of those close games? I've watched some of those games too. It's because then Giannis is like this unsolvable thing. And so when I yeah. think about the playoff series and you're like, is, is Can New he York just be unsolvable four times right. out of seven? I, yeah. I don't like when teams every couple of weeks just lose by 30 or fall behind by 35. It's, it's like the worst sign in the NBA when you can't make it two weeks without like getting just annihilated by somebody. Makes me nervous. I'm not telling, look, I'm not telling you you're wrong on that one. Cause I'll, you know, there's certain nights you're sitting there on league pass. You just go, wait, what's the buck score? And then every now <laughs> right. and then you check the standings again. You go, this, wait, this they're 33 and 16. <laughs> what, how did this happen? Uh, so the Knicks, Incredible front office maneuvering here. And on top of it, they proved one of my favorite adages, when in doubt, trade with the dumbest team in the league. And I guess the question is, is Detroit, have they been the dumbest team in the league for at least a few months or maybe even longer than that? And are they clearly the dumbest team in the league now? Because I think they are. I I just refuse to believe that trading Bogdanovich and Burks, the best you could do is Quentin Grimes and like a second round pick. That's that was what those guys were worth. I don't see it, but I, I don't agree with really anything they do. I mean, you go back to last summer, like even that Marvin Bagley contract where we were like, wait, that was like three years. That wasn't just like a one year deal with a team option for a second one. The Monty Williams for 80 million, like everything they do, I disagree with what they did to Jaden Ivey this year. Like there's a reason their record sucks. There's a reason uh, I don't feel good about their future. There's a reason they're probably going to blow it up after the year and bring in a whole new bunch of people. But this, if I was a Pistons fan, I'd be like, why are we letting these guys even trade? These guys just shouldn't be allowed to trade. Let's just, let's take it to the summer and start over with a, with an actual vision. I don't get it. The Monty Williams thing is one of the dumbest decisions I've seen from a team in years. So it's not just this year. Yeah, there's certain things when you look at the roster construction where you're like, what's going on? But then there's also some players that they've drafted that I really like. So I don't think it's as if like they were so high on Duran and they were right. They were right yep. about it. Um, I think there's a chance they may even have taken him instead of Ivy. And then they were able to trade back in and then get Duran. And whenever you have to hire a coach as like the headline thing. And, you know, it's not even knocking money, but like if you're paying money more than anyone's ever been paid to be a head coach. That should be somebody in the room going, wait, what are we doing? Right. Like, do we wait? It's, it's not Eric Spolstra. Yeah. What just to, just to be clear. And then when you pay a coach that much, he has even less interest in the development part of it. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the, the circular thing that will happen for as long as basketball exists. 
The front office loves all the young guys they've drafted. They've scouted. They put all of this time into evaluating these guys. You get that one pick, you take them, and it's like, okay, cool. And obviously, they loved him enough to even take the guy. And the coach is like, well, I don't want to lose all the time. And so with Monty having this much money and this much power and this length of contract, he's like, I don't really have to prove myself to the front office because I'm I'm the most powerful yeah, guy in the organization. I'm not going anywhere. And, right. And so there were so many moments this year. I'm like, what are they doing with this closing rotation? So, you know, this the year. Everything was, was nuts. And now nuts. you see the way he's playing the last six, seven weeks. Like, the, it's just, everything was nuts. I don't, so. The uh, the Knicks right now are third on FanDuel for Eastern Conference odds, seven to one. Milwaukee's plus two twenty, and Boston is plus one thirty. The Cavs are nine to one, and that's been climbing. And the Heat are still eighteen to one, and Detroit is infinity to one because they're probably gonna. I I don't even know if they're the worst team because we've had such a nadir of bad teams this year, but they just lost thirty two points. I assume now this is the Cunningham Ivy show for them, but but that's what it should under, be, and it should. It, it yeah. should be one more year of between Duran, Ivy, and Cunningham. What do we have? That should yeah. be the main goal next year. Not, hey, Killian hasn't made a shot in four years. So <laughs> let's run let's, the offense room again. <laughs> right. Let's, let's do that. Uh, I, clearly, he, by the way, I spacing. saw when, when that story leaked that Killian is feeling like maybe he needs a new team or whatever that was. I was like, this is the most Rosillo story of the year. Killian Hayes being like, Maybe trade me to somewhere where I could get, get a better look. It's that like, happens done nothing for four years. You should be in the G League. That happens a lot though when the guys of rookie contracts are coming up and they're just thinking like, I've got all these minutes, I've had all these shot opportunities. So like, yeah. what's my next contract going to look like? So then you'll see. Like, there's sometimes I think teams get rid of guys that they don't even want to get rid of, but the coach won't play them anyway. But in this case, he was playing most yeah. of the time. So they have to figure out who they are with these these lottery picks. I think Stewart's been terrific for him or he's somebody else the teams would want, but they it felt, look, you can't just have minimum rookie scale guys and then get to the cap or the salary minimum. And it, there there is value of having veterans around. I'm not into the idea that everybody's supposed to be 20, 21 years old and the entire team when you're rebuilding because you need to have guys that accept their roles and everything. But the most important thing is the resources that you've used on these top draft picks. And it felt like for a good chunk of the season, Monty Williams just wasn't super interested in that. I don't know. It was awful. We're going to take a break. We have lots more to talk about. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, placing some super bets. We talked about a lot of these on Sunday with Cousin Sal. I'm going to do my million-dollar picks at the end of the last part of the trade deadline pod. Uh, the same game parlay that we talked about on Sunday and then FanDuel is now promoting it is over 13 to 1 odds. Mahomes under 262.5 passing yards. Noah Gray to get two catches. Pacheco, 70 plus yards. And Kansas City win the first half and the game. That is 13 to 1. It might even be a little better than that. You can do things like that on FanDuel. So many ways to get a W. You can bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58. You can bet on touchdown props, points scored. Just a million things. Go check it out. If you're new to FanDuel, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets when you win your first $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash BS to sign up. Once again, FanDuel.com slash BS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 plus president in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time, that's usually about five o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, a award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60 day money back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring. At simplysafe.com slash BS. That is simply safe with two eyes. Simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. The sneaky trade of the day so far. We still have at least a couple hours left, but OKC got Gordon Hayward from Charlotte. They gave up Trey Manns, Bertans, Michich, who I kind of liked as a as a backup guard. I wonder if Charlotte will flip him and draft compensation that we don't know yet, but we'll probably be a second rounder. So Gordon Hayward, 15-5-5 and this year, 36% from three. A vet, we all felt like OKC needed to get a little older. I can't totally say he's had a ton of playoff experience. Guess how many playoff games Gordon Hayward has played? Seven. Oh, it's actually higher, 29. Oh, I don't know. I, mean, you said I it just was thought so low, he's been, been in the league since like 2009 or 2010. I would have guessed like 50. Um, man was the 18th pick in 2021, but was buried behind some guys. Wallace basically, uh, grabbed a bunch of minutes and time and Wallace is excellent. Um, is Hayward in the closing lineup for them in your opinion? No, it would be the I giddy spot, right? If he's, play, if he's playing last five minutes, it would be in giddy spot would be my guess. I'm a little surprised by this one. Yeah. Tell us. Well, Maybe they were that worried about all the, hey, our average age is now higher, so history is on our side for NBA championships. Obviously, mm. that was... Stat muse the, is going to... We're right. better at stat muse now. <laughs> that was not the motivation. <laughs> uh, there's there's just so many players in the Sunder roster that we like, but I, I would have thought the main priority was trying to get another piece, some size. You mean somebody some taller size. than six seven? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I guess you could say Hayward has a little bit of experience here. But I don't know that any of us like look at him and go like, oh, man, you know, he's been through the playoff wars. So that helps with everything. I don't know how often. I mean, is it just a better outlet than Giddy? Is, Can we is bring in conspiracy bill for a second? Please do. Is it possible they flip Hayward in a one for one for a big guy? Why would like, they, they have done it? Because they get all the salaries. They add those up. And it's still lower than Hayward, who's making over 30. And maybe this allows them to get somebody in the 30s. That was the only thing. I, I agree with you. I, 
I felt like either this was move number one and move number two they haven't made yet. Or, you know, maybe Portland's like, hey, DeAndre, DeAndre Hayton, any interest? And OKC is just going to say, fuck it and get somebody like that. Because there are a couple of expensive centers out there. So I think it's one or the other. I, I can't believe they would, you know, they have a legitimate chance to win the title. I can't believe they wouldn't get another big guy. Like you can't go into March with, unless they feel like there's a buyout guy that they're grabbing. Nick Richards is still sitting there as like a $5 million guy for teams like the Knicks and OKC and um, a couple a couple of the other contenders. And I, I still feel like he's going to be heard from today, but I'm with you. I, this either has to be first of two moves or they flip Hayward for a bigger guy. Yeah, there's plenty that could happen that we still aren't aware of here, but I would think with hours to go before the deadline that you would have just gotten the third team involved unless there's some part of this that I don't understand, which is always in play. But Michic was out of the rotation. He couldn't make threes. He was 37% internationally from three, and he just didn't make any threes like for him. Yeah, I still kind of like, I liked something about him. I'd like to, I feel like he's going to have a moment on some team somewhere at some point. But you're right, he couldn't hit threes. Um, how many teams do you think can actually win the title? I know you did a couple weeks ago, you did your teams that I think could maybe win the title or whatever that was. But if I had to say, these are the finals teams right now, and then we have a group underneath them that are either one move away or need some luck, for me, it's like I only have three teams that I think could actually win the title right now. And then I have a bunch of people underneath them. But for me, it's Denver and the Clippers and the Celtics. Those are the only teams that right now I feel like I can absolutely see them in the finals. Everybody else, there's a, I could absolutely see them in the finals, comma, but. And then there's a but. And those are the three that I don't have a but for. That's the best list as far as like the definitive hard line of it all. I did the if this team won and in June, you you wouldn't say how the hell did that happen. Yeah. Then I expanded it out to nine and I included Minnesota. I included OKC. I even put Phoenix in there. I think I still had Milwaukee in there. I think I had Philly in there before Embiid. So it was a much longer list. But if you're going to be did like- Did you have really Miami about in there it, or no? No. Would you add the Knicks there now as a, as a comma but? After those three, I still think there's a gap. Me I'd too. also like to see what it looks like. I, this run has been terrific. And I know it's a bit like whenever you look at Phoenix stats, you go, okay, what what Phoenix stat actually matters here? I think the 11 and 5 with those three guys is the one that matters the most. I think that's what it was after the Bucks win this week uh, with Beal Booker and KD all playing. So there's some stuff where you look at the Knicks and you go, okay, they destroy... Well, not destroy, but they have an incredible record against the teams that aren't any good. So is their record against teams that are over 500, is that fair considering how well? Like, Ananobi's been at a level beyond anything he's ever done in Toronto. That's how well he's played for them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it, but I just want, like, I'd like to see it for another month. You know, instead of these months where it's just, hey, this one month, this team's incredible. Like this happens to us every single month where there's yeah. a team. Especially except February, the, March. Right. Except with the Clippers, it's two months. So it was a now, little the easier to buy is, The Clippers is more real, I think. Would you put New Orleans as a comma butt team? Yeah. They're pretty impressive last night. I didn't go, but I watched uh, the second half as I watched The Godfather at the same time. The Godfather on Clips Pelicans. Pretty fun night. I know. You were locked Great into times. both. 
Great. Follow your tweets. I was I was having a blast. I was just sitting. I turned the TV off to read your tweets. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I just want to point out with the Suns, one of the many reasons I don't have them as a comma butt team yet. Nurkic is eight games away from his career high in games since 2019. He's played 48 games. His record since 2019 is 56. I'm just a little dubious. I'm dubious of, Nurk- of, of nine months out of Nurkic. Doesn't seem that realistic to me. Call me nuts. Maybe they'll flip him today in the trade deadline. Um, I right, think he's so, been good for them. I, I like the way they've, they've used those guys. Um, yeah, and we'll I also see. think there's a, they tried it against Atlanta when they lost that game. They tried to come back. Vogel just pulled the plug on it and they tried to go small and it didn't work. But I imagine that's something that they would like to unveil at certain matchups in the playoffs too. I'm just not buying the durability with them. All right, next trade that happened. Philly just basically got Buddy healed for a six pack of of uh, Michelob Ultra and some gummy bears and uh, I don't know, some Cheetos. <laughs> I don't understand it. I, I get it from Indiana's point of we should probably trade Buddy Heald. Neesmith's been really good for us. We have Matherin. Those guys need to play. We have a little bit of a glut. We have a guy playing for a contract next year. If he's not getting 35 minutes a game, there's, you know, it gets a little unhappy. So let's move Buddy, expiring deal. But is Morris and Korkmaz and three second rounders, like, is that the price for a guy who literally could shoot 50% in the playoffs from three? Doesn't it feel like nobody's liked Buddy Heald forever? But they've all what liked it, what him. What is it about Buddy Heald? Yeah. He's like uh, one of the well, real housewives that all the other housewives just repeatedly turn on. And you're like, what does she do? How do she seems fine. Why do they hate her so much? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't understand it either. I like Buddy Hill. Guess what? I like guys who make 45% of their threes. Good guy it's to have in a the, playoff series. It's the lowest minutes he's played since like 17. It's the lowest shot attempts. He's under 10 shot attempts per game uh, this year. And yeah, they had him down to like 26 minutes a game this year because of Neesmith, who doesn't miss threes. Uh, I guess with Heal, it, it just felt like, hey, we need shooting. We need shooting. Shooting's awesome. Everybody wants shooting. But I, as soon as I saw the trade go down, when it finally happened, I'm like, why would the Pacers be okay then for moving on from him? Maybe if they look at it as like, look, we're going to lose him anyway. We're going to re-sign Siakam. We've got yeah. to start figuring out the Matherin piece long term. They've got another lottery pick in Walker who they don't even play. So it might just be about, hey, we didn't have a long term for this. But for a team, the Pacers that are making moves to just kind of be a now team while also like trying to figure out who they are moving forward. I think it. I think there's a little hint there that tells you, like, yeah, he's all right, but he started losing minutes and shots to our guys here. So yeah, do what you want. Well, so now they have left Halliburton and Siakam. They have Turner. They have Neesmith, who's been terrific this year. Matherin, Nemhard, Toppin, Jalen Smith, and Walker, basically, as their nucleus, depending on whether they do one more thing. Philly, Embiid, if he comes back, Maxine Harris. Batum, Covington, they still have his swings. They still have Melton. They've healed. They still have Beverly. Reed, they have a roster spot for a buyout guy. And it feels like they're they're playing both sides of the fence here. They didn't really give up anything for healed. They don't know when Embiid's coming back, and they're just going to kind of play it by ear. I am skeptical that Embiid comes back. What do you, where do you stand on on that one? It just seems... 
improbable that they're going to be like, no, no, go out there and say, well, it'll be just play yourself back into shape with your meniscus issue. I don't see it. I don't know how you feel that comfortable already saying that, though. I just said I don't see it. I'm not saying I'm ruling it out. It just seems unlikely. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you're telling me somebody that's had a long string of injury history, and I always kind of add this in, I can't believe he's been this healthy throughout his career, to be honest with you. Yeah. So you throw this in, and then you know all the shit that he dealt with with the Denver game, and then, hey, he's significantly hurt. You could see how hurt he was in the Warriors game before he actually got hurt again. He had the Draymond thing, and then Kaminga lands on him, and then he actually has to leave the game. But that entire game, he wasn't even close. He wasn't even close, and he's out there playing. So... I don't know how that's supposed to look. I wouldn't completely rule it out, but I think it had a lot to do with the motivation because what do you do if you're the Sixers? You have the maxi decision, which is a no-brainer. You have all of this cap space. What's the maxi money going to be? That's like 250? Unless he makes like third-team All-NBA, then it could be even higher? uh, I don't know off the top of my head. It's just going to be whatever it is. Whatever it's going to be is what it is. Just... That's he's he's hit that level now. So yeah. there was always this rumor that they had like maybe a play for Bogdanovich or maybe one of the pieces from Brooklyn, the names that get thrown around all the time. And this is the part of the cap space part. Like when you look at the free agent roster and you yeah. go, all right, what's actually out there? Because it's like, OK, well, is there a trade to be made where we we cut into that cap space a little bit, but it gives me certainty on who the player is. I I, I don't know if there's part of the the, the negotiation it's not even negotiation i just say like if you're talking out and you're maury and the entire staff you're like okay like what do we do now do we keep trying to get better right now or do we try to do something that's preemptive and has like we do our summer transaction right now knowing exactly who it is instead of hoping during the free agency period which is again that free agency period sucks and i hate when these sites list the restricted free agents as top free agents just take right. them out because anybody that, that is that good is just going to be matched anyway. So they're, they're not even free agents. Well, and then you have like the, you know, from a Celtic standpoint where they have White and Holiday who both, Holiday's player option is like $39 million. He might actually opt into that, but White is going to opt out. And I just think it's unrealistic they're going to be able to keep both of those guys. And if they do, the money is going to be insane for both of them. Like if they, they could do what they tr- what they did with Horford with Holiday and be like, all right, opt out of the 39. We'll give you four years for 110 and we can stretch it out. You'll make less the first year. But I do think somebody could come in and godfather off or wait. You know, maybe it's the Sixers. Um, By the way, uh, Maxi's eligible for five years over 200 million. So it's it's not, I don't think it's 250. So, but he but if he made all NBA, that I think well, gets that's, tweaked a little bit. But I don't think he will. Um, Next trade that happened, man, Toronto's up to stuff and I don't really fully understand it. They, uh, they're 17 and 33 and they traded the worst of basically a Clippers or OKC first this year, which would be in the high 20s and a couple of expirings. And then got back Olinick and Agbaji, both of whom I like. And I, the only thing I could think of with this is Toronto is a top six protected first to San Antonio. So they could either have like made their team much worse or try to make their team better. So that wasn't as bad of a pick as maybe, um, maybe it could have been. I Utah just seems like because they also traded Fontecchio, um, 
to Detroit and got a second rounder back and a guy you like. Um, but it seems like Utah is just trying to clear bodies out to to get so their young guys can play. And Toronto, I don't know what Toronto's doing. What's Toronto doing? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, clearly they it it feels like you know people make jokes about like certain NBA teams going after players from certain colleges or certain agencies, you know, the mm. stuff that's happened over the year with the Knicks, but like, oh, it's all the CAA guys or, hey, the Lakers are all these clutch guys or they want to add more clutch guys. I, I don't know if they're just going Team Canada and saying, let's do it. You know, with RJ coming back and a Linux, you know, Linux a nice player. Is, is Wiggs in play now for them? They could probably <laughs> have him. They could get him today if they want to. Uh, I don't know what the matching deal would be with that, but I I don't I don't really know I don't know what they, like, clearly they wanted to do their work before and get all this stuff done, uh, and I think you're also seeing like the quickly experience at 32 minutes a game instead of like 22 minutes a game. Who could have guessed? A, yeah, wow. isn't a ton no, of fun. No for history else. in the league of of that happening. Can I just read you Toronto's top ten? Sure, it's super weird. Scotty Barnes, Bruce Bar Bruce Brown, quickly R.J. Barrett, Agbaji, Olinick, Pirtle, Schroeder, and Grady Dick. I don't know what the fuck team that is. That's like a, a team you you draft in fantasy or something bizarre. And I, I don't know if they got Olinick because maybe now they're going to move Pirtle. You know, and I was thinking maybe that's the next OKC piece, but I don't even know if OKC has the contract to throw back at that, but um, they're just all are you over a, the map. Are you uh, a Pirtle file? I would be for OKC. I'm not a fan of him at $20 million a year, but at least he's a big body that can bang with some of the centers you're going to have to play if you're going to try to win four rounds. You're going to have to play a center at one point. I mean, that's why we didn't talk about the Celtics trade for Tillman. I feel like they made that trade like specifically for our Jokic series, right? It's like, we might have to play Jokic. We don't have that type of guy who's not going to stop Jokic, but at least is that lower to the ground, thick guy that he seems to at least struggle with a tiny bit. I feel like that's why they got him. Yeah, I think beyond Jokic too, it's just, okay, what's Horford going to look like where they've done a really proactive job of trying yep. to just make sure he's more more ready for the long haul because it felt like Horford fell off a cliff at one point in the playoffs last year. Like the, yeah. the season that they got Horford last year, I couldn't believe. And then at one point, we're like, I guess this thing's over. And then, yeah, Porzingis, I'm always going to be worried that he's going to be hurt all the time. So they added another body to probably take away those Cornet minutes, uh, which is probably it was their number the one priority. Is. Yeah, they yeah. were the the KP Horford insurance was their number one priority. I think they looked at your guy Najee Marshall. I'm sure they looked at Nick Richards, but uh, Tillman. Verno, Verno, big Sterling scouting report from him yesterday from Memphis. So he's a great guy, always smile on his face. Three kids, an adult, just, just like a good guy to have on a team. And I, I think the Celtics chemistry is so good. I do think they care about that this year. Like if we're bringing in anybody, it has to be a good guy that fits in with the good guys that we have. Cause they, I think they've, I think that's been a big reason why they've been succeeding. Everybody likes each other. You don't always get that. Right, but say Boston, Denver's in the finals. Like, how many? If everybody's healthy, how many minutes is Tillman playing a game? Maybe not any. <laughs> Forgive me, the everybody's healthy, but I, you know, Porzingis. This is I've been talking about it a lot. It's it's really something. 
day, day to day. Just like, oh no. Hey, the game I went to Sunday, banged knees with somebody and he was limping around. I was just like, oh my God, no. Um, he's just really tall. I feel the same way about Wembenyama. People pass a certain height level and you're just scared for them all the time, especially when there's people jumping and people landing. I like the Tillman trade. They certainly didn't give up anything. But um, from a from a Utah standpoint, does Utah want to be good? Or does Utah want to be bad? Right Here's what they owe OKC. A top 10 protected first. And we saw this last year with Dallas where Dallas was like, we don't, we want to be in the top 10. And they even benched Luka down the stretch. They know, but Derek Lively. Um, I'm wondering if Utah is like, yeah, we don't actually want to be in the plan, which would be great for Golden State if that's how they feel. They've, they have such a weird team because, you know, they, they seem to play above the talent level. They seem to be in more games than you would expect. I mean, their their story this year is kind of the opposite of last year. Like last year, they got off to an incredible start. We thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And then they definitely level off. This year, they start poorly. And then they played so much better for like a good stretch when I'd had Hardy on at that point. I was like, these stories for the two seasons are almost the opposite. Yeah. And, you know, Sexton is he's not perfect, but he's he's really good. Keontae George has had his moments. You know, Kessler's terrific. Obviously, Markinen is a star in this league at this point. And Clarkson gets it going. And Olenek can do a lot of different things. They have things. a lot of offense. So yeah. it, it just felt like maybe, I think getting their lottery pick, Taylor, some minutes is probably part of this. Agbaji yeah. had been better last year. So maybe they just looked at all of it saying, hey, let's let's move out the pieces that we don't have any future with here. And then figure it out. But also, when I look at the jockeying for the protection on the picks, everybody hates this draft, even though I know in May people are going to start talking about how it's sneaky better than everybody thinks because it's just the way it works. I, I would wonder why you, you might not be like, hey, let's let's be just good enough to get rid of this pick now to get out of 24 if on that right. specific pick that's owed, even though they probably, you know, they have their own picks as well. Right now, they're the picks. 10 seed. They're 26 and 26. The Warriors are 23 and 25 right behind them. And the Rockets are 23 and 27. So there's only three teams in the West that are 100% going to be worse than them. Then you go in the East and, you know, it's Brooklyn, Toronto, Charlotte, Washington, Detroit all in the lottery. Brooklyn has 20 wins. That's the highest of those. Atlanta's got 22 wins. And I don't know what Atlanta's, they benched Murray last night. So I'm guessing he's going to be in part three of this podcast. And the Bulls are 24 and 27. So they're going to be right on that fringe of top 10. I, For me, it's just more fun if Golden State's in the, at least in the play-in um, versus Utah or Houston. So I guess we'll see. But we were talking last night. We were comparing notes on things we were hearing. And we were saying how this Danny's been in the spot 10 years ago with Brad Stevens when Brad was like just lights out with that overachieving Celtics team. And it seemed like they wanted to tank that first Marcus Smart season. And Brad was just too good. And then all of a sudden they're trading for Isaiah Thomas and they're and that team was in the Eastern Finals in 2016. So I don't know. Danny's Danny's will zag when you don't expect them to zag. I don't know what they're doing. Is my is my takeaway. We're gonna take a break and uh, we'll come back with one more quick segment. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by Honey Stinger. This is a show about sports and culture opinions, but right now I want to talk sports facts, the data, the stats. Honey Stinger, sports nutrition, trusted. 
by more than 1,500 pro and college teams. That's right, 1,500. That's all 32 pro football teams. That's 39 pro basketball teams, 29 pro baseball teams, and more that prepare, perform, and recover with the delicious taste of Honey Stinger's energy waffles, chews, gels, and bars. Honey Stinger is the one team's trust. Use code Simmons for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. That is S-I-M-M-O-N-S for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. This episode is brought to you by Peloton. Spring, the best time of the year to dial your fitness routine up a notch. You know it's going to happen. It's going to get warm. You're going to start wearing shorts. You're going to start wearing bathing suits. You're just You're not going to be able to cover up behind those big coats anymore. Also, it's nice outside. Get outside. Do stuff. Or if you don't have time to get outside, I got Peloton for you. Whether you have five or 60 minutes, Peloton's workouts were made to challenge you. Classes like boot camps, full body strength, boxing, marathon training are created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in and you won't feel bad about not being outside. Peloton's expert coaches, challenging classes, and nonstop vibes will keep you coming back for more. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. This episode is brought to you by Burger King, which has the greatest commercial song I think I've ever heard. The ultimate hunger hack has arrived, my friends. BK's Royal Crispy Wraps. Choose from four bold flavors, classic, spicy, honey mustard, and the new, drum roll please, fiery buffalo. Oh yeah, I'm getting that one. They're only, only just $2.99 each because at BK, have it your way. You rule. Try Royal Crispy Wraps at Burger King. $2.99 each. Price and participation vary. U.S. only. All right. While we were in break, we had another trade. This is the wackiest trade of the day. Dennis Schroeder straight up for Dinwiddie. Steve Cerruti reporting this one. Um, Schroeder makes 12.4 and Dinwiddie's at like 20. So Toronto had some cap space to play with and Brooklyn, I guess, wanted to Cut some stuff. Who knows what they're up to? I actually kind of like Schroeder. Um, but Dinwiddie's an expiring. And there were rumors he was going to get bought out. We'll see if this leads to another one. Toronto's like the guy in the fantasy league that's just like, yeah, I'm open for business. Sending like the text with all caps, trades, question mark. And people are like, yeah, I'm going to call Gary and see if he wants to, I can trade Jared Goff to him, try to get a receiver. Um. I think there's way more motivation. I mean, I have to look at some of the tax stuff with this, but Schroeder's under contract for $12 million next year. I mean, Dinwiddie's been bad. I mean, just legitimately bad at this point and not even close to being as aggressive as you do. Like, the one thing with Dinwiddie, you thought, okay, best case scenario is he's not your starting point guard, but on an okay team, like, can he come in with the second unit? And he had some stretches even with Dallas in the past where it was like, you know, he's kind of got it going a little bit with them. So... I thought he was so disappointing this season. I would say it's it's kind of like his offense every single possession. But the fact that he's a free agent, then I kind of wonder what, to your point, like I don't, does Toronto want his bird rights? Is there another piece to this that we Weird don't have one. yet? The Nets are, I, I'm always confused by the Nets. That's They're on my confusing list. Like remember last year when they were getting offered multiple first round picks for Finney Smith when they had all those wings and they were like, nope. Can't have them. I don't think I don't think they're getting the same offers this year. They just have a bunch of wings and a super weird team. I've not enjoyed what they've done the last couple of years. Are you at the free Cam Thomas stage of the Nets yet? Just no. I think they're unleash them. Well, they they kind of are. 
there's there's two things that are happening right now where it's it's not always the case with Quickly and Scotty Barnes, but that Oklahoma City double overtime loss was alarming. And I realized the argument against me is that Barnes was defending SGA and then he ends up on Chet at some point. He had to defend all these guys. I thought he was just at the point where he got a little sick of watching Quickly. And then yeah. I watched the Nets-Golden State game and at one point, Cam was 2 of 18 from the floor, but he was undeterred. He was an undeterred. <laughs> he was a confident 2 of 18. And then I'm watching I'm watching Mikhail Bridges stand in the corner and watch him going, these two things shouldn't be happening because Bridges is the most important guy on that team. And, you know, Cam can kind of get his, but I think I counted some absurd stat when we were doing the draft stuff on him where like, the number of games where he had one or zero assists in a game having the ball that much. It's just as soon as he tried to get Rudy Gobert on three isolations late in the game against Minnesota. Like he was getting switched into him and he couldn't actually even shake him. So uh oh Thad Young Thad Young's in that trade. So that so the salary is actually even up. I'll tell you what, if Thaddeus Young ever figures it out. How many teams is that for Thaddeus Young? Hold on, without looking this up, how many teams do you think he's been on? Thaddeus, 11. Yeah. I'm going to say nine. Thaddeus Young. He's going to be like the new Jeff Green at some point. Chris Gatling. He's, he's been on one, two, three, four. This will be team number eight. Man, that's no. lower than I expected. I guess he was on Philly for seven seasons. Still got a way to go. I mean, Jeff has a chance to play for every team in the league if he can just stay healthy for five more years. Is Thaddeus still not 30 years old? <laughs> Thaddeus <laughs> is 35 years old. I know. There's, he's always wow. one of those guys forever where you're like, wait, he's still in his 20s? He was an 07 draft guy. So how many people in the 07 draft are left? Durant, Horford, Conley, Green... Thaddeus, and that's it. Five guys. Durant's still humming along, man. Um, any other trades? We, that, I guess that's it for the things. All right, so I, there's this Dallas trade that I don't know. It's Daniel Gafford for Rashawn Holmes, but Dallas still has to figure out what the pick is. Seems <laughs> significant because you can't just swap those two guys. Gafford on Dallas would be... Pretty interesting though. Like he's another, you know, lob around the rim guy. That's kind of who you want to put next to Luca. I find it hard to believe they're just going to be able to get him for a second round pick. But this is why you trade with dumb teams because Washington would be like, yeah, all right, take him. Um, I what, wouldn't put Washington down as a dumb team anymore. But really, they're back for you. Well, you got to give Winger in this group a little bit more than not even a full year with him. Who who traded for Jordan Poole? Was that the current group? Yeah. Yeah. Tough start. <laughs> Stumble out of the gate. Fair. Uh, uh man, Holmes. Did you see the clips of that? I know you're in Vegas. Did you see the clips of pool last night? Like it's like sad now. This is the saddest story in the league. He's the Draymond punch like changed the course of his career. He said his limit uh, his legacy is cemented with the ring. So none of this matters. No. Like this is it's cemented I would, in my head. He killed the Celtics. I would love to have a guy with a nine-figure deal that young, and then I I have him, and he'd be like, "How do you feel about the future?" And be like, "Who cares?" Like I did I'm it. A champion. I already did it, man. Twenty-two. It's all that matters. Check the Wikipedia. 
All right, it's 9.53 a.m. Pacific time, so we have a couple hours left. If you had to make a prediction of anything that's going to happen today that's either major or fairly major, what would the prediction be? Jokic will not demand for a trade. Fair. That's not major. Murray? Well, pretty, Who's, what's the, the biggest name the for you? Lakers? Murray? Like, what, 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 what do your spidey senses tell us? Unless they just decide to, to trade Reeves, I don't know how you get that deal done. I want to see D'Angelo Russell and Trey Young on the same team, selfishly, but I don't. I've been thinking know why. about you a lot with that. Right. I don't know why Atlanta would do that. The problem is that's the main TV for you every Hawks game the rest of the way. If it's Russell with Trey, you're locked in. I don't feel like you'd be watching the rest of the league enough after that. No, I won't. We'll be doing the Sunday pods. You'd be like, what did you think about Nuggets Thunder last night? I'd be like, I'm worried about Sadiq, face, uh, Sadiq Bay's feet. Like, I'm worried about his feet. I've been watching his free throw routine. I'd be like, yeah. do you know that Sadiq Bay takes 8.7 seconds on his free throws? I've been timing. Like, because all I would do is watch Hawks games. I actually watch a lot of Hawks games now. DeAndre Hunter back in the fold. Jaylen I kind of like the Hawks. I think the Hawks have been a stealth league pass, like all-star team this year. They're in fun games over and over again. We've watched way more Hawks than anybody, anybody realizes, but we've also been saying we kind of sneaky like their roster for like three years, and that hasn't really worked out. So, uh, I genuinely like Jalen Johnson. Uh, I had him 59 on the trade value list. I was shocked he was that high because the league's super deep. I was like, yeah, top 60, doing it. Wait, who did you have behind Jalen Johnson then? Give me a big name that I'd be like, what are you doing? Uh, hold on. I'll call it up for you. I had, Jamal Murray. Uh, no. I'm so kidding. I had Ke- Keegan, 66, Jabari, 65, DeRozan, 64, Holiday, 63, Caruso, 62, Kaminga, 61, Hakez, 60, Jalen Johnson, 59. So you wouldn't trade. Oh, wow. Okay. I see what you're saying. So if you called, if Golden State called you and said, we'll give you Kaminga, you say no. I'd say no. Wouldn't you say no for that? You would rather Kaminga's, have Kaminga than Jalen Johnson? The only thing that would make me say no, so I agree with your ranking, would be that, hey, I got to see the rest of the Jalen Johnson thing. It's still too it's too soon, whereas Kaminga's a little bit more. I, look, maybe Kaminga's finally turned this corner and like this is all real and it's going to happen. He's been really good now. Uh, so before, it'd be a much easier hang-up, but I still think it's the right move because, I mean, Jalen Johnson gets out there and does some crazy shit in games. Not to say also, re- real, a real pedigree. Like he was really for most of his life one of the best guys in his class. Like he went to Duke. Like it's this. It's not like he's like an out of nowhere dude. It's just for whatever reason he fell to twenty in the draft. But he's they're actually like a five hundred team when he plays, and then they suck when he doesn't. So um, I'm with you on Kaminga though. Big strides the last year. Um, I think Murray will get traded would be my big prediction. I think that happens. I think somebody's going to talk themselves into him. It doesn't make sense to have him and Trey together. It does not work. And um, they're not going to have the balls to trade Trey, it doesn't look like. I just They scratched him last night against the Celtics. That was suspicious. Feels like he's heading somewhere. The market for him has been just not great, man. Like when you ask but, around but about fairly, it. But fairly, right? Like I, I don't... like. He's one of those guys that's like, okay, do I have to trade Austin Reeves and a number one pick so I, you know, so I can have De- DeJounte Murray? Where am I? Where's that taking me if I'm the Lakers? 
Yeah, and that's, I think, because of the Lakers part of it where you, okay, say everything is in place, and then once the draft turns around, you have three picks eligible for you to trade as opposed to the one. And right now you're trading, what, a 29? So that's its own thing. And then you'd be moving Reeves in this because I just don't know why. I would have moved Reeves. I definitely, I look, Murray's better than Reeves, but for the contract part of it and then all the other pieces, it's, and then you have to ask yourself, okay, like, all right, you got rid of Reeves and now you moved another future pick when LeBron's not even going to be on the team anymore. Like what's, what are we actually doing here? Other than, well, they're not doing right know. by LeBron though. They've only traded eight first round picks for him. <laughs> Plus 25 players. They just, they need to prove that they're invested in uh, him winning a title. Um, we're going to wrap up part one. We might be back for a part two. That will be a little shorter if something mega happens. If not, we will be coming on some point around the trade deadline and then getting that part up as fast as possible. This was produced by Kyle Creighton and Steve Cerruti. You can watch it on YouTube on youtube.com slash Bill Simmons. Rosello, I will see you uh, a little bit later today. Must be 21 plus and president select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. You can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 188 188- 789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.